0: Hey everyone, Ben here once again interrupting the beginning of your weekly Third Watch episode to let you know that tomorrow we will be airing our interview with the co-creator of Third Watch, Mr. Ed Allen Bonero. It was a great chat, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable, and I want to make this time to bring you the news that it will be airing tomorrow so make sure that if you only tune in once a week to the oz network for our third watch episodes check out our feeds tomorrow as we publish our interview with ed allen bonero right now sit back relax and enjoy our recap of season 5 episode 21 of third watch higher calling You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to our exclusive coverage of Third Watch here on the Oz Network as we move into the penultimate episode of Season 5. This one is called Higher Calling. It was aired on the 30th of April, 2004. Written by our bestie, Scott Williams, in his final ever episode. Yay! Uh, directed by Gloria Muslow. And uh, a very interesting one to talk about this week. I seem to say that every week, but uh, you know. It It's interesting because all oh, of Third Watch is interesting, isn't it? Uh, we're about to find out. Uh, my name is Ben, and I got a face.
1: <laughs> really, I never would have guessed. What's up, everybody? My name's Darville, and you got to be the worst purse snatcher on the planet.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, this is a episode of Third Watch. Um, it's... I don't know what to say about this episode. Look, it's it's not the best. It's not the worst. Well, is it the worst? No, it's not the worst. It's not Snowblind. Uh, but look, it's it's a Scott Williams episode of Third Watch. So, uh, you know. Hello, Scott. If you're listening, we're here to bring shit on you again. All in good fun, ladies and gentlemen. All in good fun. I respect, All in good fun. I respect the fact that Scott Williams is a television writer, can write for TV, and has a very difficult job to do. And I respect him for doing that. Uh, I'm making fun of him in comedic values that ways i can't even speak this is why scott williams is better than me as a person because he can write things that people can say i'm trying to speak and i can't speak i need someone to write stuff for me just not scott williams so uh, <laughs> <laughs> hello scott we love you all right uh but yes we we're, we're coming back from a 2 be continued it's not a two-parter so that makes sense doesn't it because we're going to conclude some stuff with henry winkler kate jackson with our first Grace appearance today, oh, we're so excited, and Gene Simmons will be here today as well, not on the show. But, yes, uh, he will indeed. Well, maybe there he is, perhaps uh, he's talking to us right now. We start this episode off, though, a bit weirdly. We've got slow motion Yocus in sort of a black and white style noir film, kind of running through the streets, chasing after someone. She's on a roof, her police badge shatters, uh, she's staring down, no one's listening to her. We've got Fred stroking an invisible baby, uh, come back to bed um and then there's this random monkey thing that screams in her face and then she wakes up. So, oh look, shock horror. Uh Jokas is having a dream. <laughs> I thought we really had turned into like a criminal mind style show completely here because it was uh sort of done very very strangely. Um but uh she wakes up because Emily has called her up. She stayed the night at the hospital and uh Emily checking in on Yoko's, and the fact that uh she didn't call or leave a message. So, you know, Jokas, she's such a terrible person. And Fred doesn't want to talk to uh, her because Fred's a jerk. Um, so <laughs> off we go. Yeah. The little girl we find out is uh, Rebecca is off the vent. So uh, that will be sort of good things for her. Um, Bosco is going to be partnered with Monroe today. Uh, we see Cruz bringing in six more people for drugs. And then Bosco sees this. uh, Swirsky's like, oh, she's setting some sort of record. But Bosco goes off at her and tells her to slow down. You know, they're going to know that Mikey is missing. Um, And, yeah, they're essentially, you know, not going to be good news for Mikey because he's not going to be in jail. He's not in jail anymore. He's been released. So they're going to come after him. Um, So, yeah, and then we also find out that um, Donald Mann is trying to get back into the country. Um, So there's that. And then we also find out that Henry Winkler apparently represents every single person in the history of New York because he also is going to represent all of these people that Cruz has brought in, which makes it a little bit difficult because he's kind of locked up. So, um, yeah, we're we're setting a few things up kind of going forward with that. Uh, We have Kate Jackson... She's uh, basically asking about Henry Winkler, trying to find out, will they feed him? Do they get him coffee? And then Jokas is basically saying like, hey, you're not even asking about your daughter. Uh, Henry Winkler's in jail. He's complaining as well. Um, and yeah, he's kind of uh, saying that he represents a bunch of different people. And Bosco is basically saying like, you know, you're playing both sides here. Um, and then we find out that Davis and Sully have both passed the LSATs. Davis has gotten low scores that probably won't get him into law school. But uh, Davis is saying to Sally, "Like you should apply," and Sally's like, "Look, oh, you know, doing the LSATs is one, well going to law school is another." And again, like as I said last <laughs> week, we think this is going somewhere. It ain't going anywhere, is it?
1: <laughs> no. And and Sully, Sally, only a week ago you were saying, "Get out, get out of this job before it's too
0: no." Get your ass into law school before it's too late for you. And the thing is, well, this is a day you later. you passed! This is a day later, Darvell. Like, this is the next yeah. day. So, Sully's woken up on the right yeah. side of the bed and is all chirpy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you passed the LSAT. You did better than Davis. Why don't you get your ass out of this job that you've been burned out on so much?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so... Uh... I reckon, my, my guess at this point is they've probably been renewed or, I don't know, like they're kind of writing for the fact that they will get renewed at least. Uh, so they've just decided to randomly scrap it. I wonder who would want to randomly scrap it. Oh, hello, Scott Williams. um Just like take everything <laughs> away that uh, has been done last week and kind of do your own thing. Uh, it kind of it reminds me a lot of what Ryan Johnson did with the Last Jedi compared to everything that JJ uh, Abrams did in The Force Awakens. It's kind of like, hey, you did some good stuff there, JJ, but I'm going to take my own interpretation of this and run with something and completely ruin it. <laughs> so Yeah Star Wars references They come full and far Between all the time Apparently um, Yeah it's just, But like it's funny To think that this is Legitimately the next day From what we had last episode Again Going back to our point Why have it to be continued Have it like Don't have it to be continued And try and imply That a couple of days Have passed Or something like that Then it makes sense That Sully's maybe In a bit more of a jovial mood Yeah Yeah It's it's, it's almost like bo- uh, Doc shaving his head again <laughs> <laughs> Uh anyway, um so yeah, they see a purse snatcher, well they get a call for a purse snatcher. Uh the kind of this guy basically is barely even running. Um I do like the lines they say, you know, the purse doesn't match the shoes and it's over, so you can stop running now at your opening line if you're gonna be the worst purse snatcher on the planet. He falls over and crashes into a bunch of bins and oh, what is this? A headless body is there. So uh um, Bum bum bum. Bum 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 indeed. Uh, then we have Kim, she's drinking some water She's not feeling well She's saying that she had some bad Chinese And that they're, they're waiting for a newbie And then Carlos is like Oh no, don't play the whole bad Chinese line And make me train some newbie And then who rocks up into the firehouse?
1: Oh. Here's
0: Grace Foster <laughs> Did everybody at this point just go um, We meet for the first time The esteemed Grace Foster Cara Bueno who can I just say is very attractive I am very partial to Cara Bueno but we kind of like this is where the paramedics to me like this is season 6 mode they flick the switch and like paramedics are nothing but comedy like, it's, there's like, there's no real elements here to any of these paramedic storylines with the exception of maybe a couple that kind of draw you in like they used to it's kind of like as soon as Doc's left, it's like, hey, guess what this is the, uh, you know, this is the comedic value of each week of Third Watch so we've got, here comes yeah. Grace and kind of doing this whole cliche of like I'm no newbie, I worked on the 6-8, you know, we had bombs we had terrorists, we had Arnold Schwarzenegger helping us out, you know we had Osama Bin Laden flying in and blowing us up and here I was, a one woman Show, it's doing everything, you know. Don't call me and you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not here for an underman country club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you sure sounded pretty damn country right there.
0: <laughs> like it, it is. Honestly, it is like Scott Williams has been watching a bunch of '80s action movies. And is just deciding to drop every single cliche action movie line here. Like, you know, like, even when, way like, Carlos is all kind of like, hey, how you doing there? And he's kind of like, I've got a face. You can respect me. I did this. I'm only here because they transferred me for some reason. And fuck you. Like, it's just like... <laughs> Oh, it's just so. It's like a cheesy 80s action movie. And, like, cheesy 80s action movies are awesome. But when you mix it into third watch with the introduction of a character who's going to become a main cast member on this show next season, like, really?
1: <laughs> yeah. And I've heard that they. I don't know if it's. I don't know if I should mention this now or wait until season six, yeah, but I've heard now. that. That they. That they. She was meant to be unlikable at first. People were meant to hate her, but then after a after uh, another paramedic character leaves at the beginning of season six, they had to rewrite her.
0: Yeah. And look, I get like, I get that sort of thing with a new character. Like you've got to warn them in. You can't like them straight away, but like kind of what we're talking about JD a few weeks ago, kind of like, you know, they were, they were at least trying something and he doesn't automatically become unlikable. Like he kind of, he's got a past and like, you know, a new character has to have a past. A new character has to have intrigue about them. But like, all you're getting across with Gracie is that she's a bitch And that she looks down on these people because she thinks she's better than all of them. And, like, again, I I want to reiterate, I don't dislike the Grace character. She's just very vanilla, plain Jane, meh. Like, that is ultimately what this character's going to (coughs) become. It's just, like, the way they introduce her, it's just, and it's not even Cara Bueno's fault, it's the writing, once again. And who are we ripping into for bad writing? Scott Williams. Like, it's just, it seems to be a trope with him. Uh, I just, I just don't like this. It's so cliche, and it's also just like, hey, guess what? The paramedics used to be an important part of this show, but now we're just going to use them as the side comedy and the circus act on the side because we've got more important cop stories to tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, and to and to 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 Kara's credit, although I mean you already said this, yeah, it may be cheesy, bad writing material, but. She delivers.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, like, she does. She does. Like Carabona's great. She's a great actress, I think. And I kind of think she she definitely delivers as well. And, and it looks like it looks like she has fun. Like in no way does it ever look like she's phoning it in or kind of like what am I doing here? Like she legitimately looks like she's having fun the way she's doing this. So, um, yeah, not to take away from her, it's just. Ugh. It's just cringeworthy. Uh, we do have a line on the screen as well here, kind of when they're going over the guest stars and everything. Special appearance by Gene Simmons. Um, so, uh, and Carlos's line is Grace storms off that chick, and then Kim is kind of like, "Yeah, I know." She's like, "She's so hot." Like, again, that's just so cliche. Like, come on, um,
1: and like, come on, Carlos. I thought you, I thought you were more mature than that. Come
0: yeah, on, exactly. Uh we've got ADA Diane Mann talking um with Yokus and I guess just kind of like, you know, going over some things with her. Uh like a lot of the sort of stuff here is like little minor scenes, I'm probably gonna just gel over because they're not really that um exciting, I guess. Uh they show no. up to, they show up to the uh the paramedics are on the scene of this dead body and uh, Grace is like, Oh, this body is so awesome uh and Kim's vomiting everywhere I uh, did kind of, I do actually like the line when Grace is like, hey, look, you can see what he ate. <laughs> it's kind of.
1: That was Grace. I, for some reason, I, I don't know why, but for some reason I thought that was
0: Holly. No, that was Grace. It was Grace and uh, Grace and are on the scene, uh, which I, okay. I'm guessing they're there for the purse snatcher, because why would they call paramedics or a dead body? Like, I'm guessing it's purely for the purse snatcher. Um, Jelly shows up Bosco also shows up and kind of Sally's like you want to stay here and babysit him Bosco kind of looks at the body and just kind of like no thanks which I always forget that kind of like Bosco has this one little moment with his body which is obviously going to be you know coming into it later on is a bit bit important um, I love Jelly kind of showing up here and they're kind of looking at the body and sort of Davis and Sully saying like, oh, you know, it looks like this guy's being tortured. Uh, and then Jelly's like, yeah, it looks like somebody didn't like him. And Davis is like, what, no arms, and no legs, no head, give it, didn't give it away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the look on uh, Jelly's face, it's hilarious. Um, what is Jack- that look? Oh, just kind of like, a, like seriously? Like, you're going to say that? Like uh, We've got Kate Jackson going off at uh, ADA man, calling her a bitch. Um, basically, and you know, only wants to talk to Jokus and again, saying what I said last week, like you know, Molly Price and Kate Jackson work off well here. Like it's, it's some pretty tense stuff, but again, very detective y, very criminal mindsy, CSI, like, you know, interrogating a perp, basically. Um which is a majority of this episode. Uh, she's just talking Mm -hmm. about drinking a lot of water, 10 glasses a day, saying Lester's a perfectionist. (laughs) Yocas lies that she doesn't have any kids, and Kate Jackson is basically saying that, oh, you know, Rebecca's clumsy, she falls down, you know, can you imagine what it's like? Um, And, you know, then Kate Jackson's saying like, oh, I'm clumsy too. Like, you know, it's no one's beating us, basically. Uh, Which, yeah, cool. Uh, They're going through the bin still, Jelly, they find a hand, which uh, they say is going to make it easy (laughs) to find a print, uh i love yokus here back with kate jackson saying like don't you ever have to pee and she's like i hold it when do you when i need to go to um Jokas again questioning her about like you know do you ever go to lunch with lester as much as rebecca does um and then uh sort of kate jackson saying like to yokus like if you ever have kids start with a boy you know mothers and daughters are a different thing kind of yokus quickly chirps in like yeah i know and then sort of kate jackson is like, looks at her like huh what you, you said you didn't have kids and she's like oh yeah my mother and i um and then she just tells this like weird story i guess about how uh you know oh she's a little angel she gets all the hot water has mommy had a lot of hot water and all that sort of stuff she's vindictive (laughs) oh trust me and this is
1: yeah and and this is where you kind of get the feeling that that jan kate jackson's character really isn't all there yeah i mean there are signs of it before but it really comes out here and i wonder why faith Lies to her about not having kids. Do you think it's just to get her to talk?
0: Absolutely. I think that's purely the fact. I think kind of like she can sort of play the dumb card of not knowing what it's like to have kids so she can get a little bit more information. So again, I think this is just Mm. setting up detective yokus and kind of showing, you know, and like I think kind of that's a thing you need to do in that profession. Again, I'm not a detective, but like I, one would assume kind of when it comes to like. You know, connecting with somebody to try and get information out. You kind of play into you. You, you have a read on a person and kind of trying to play into that. So, and if that means lying about your personal life, then that means lying about your personal life. Like as long as at the end of the day you get what you need. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, wouldn't it have made more sense though for her to to to, to say, yeah, yeah, I have kids. I have, I have two. I have a I have a. 16 year old daughter and a 12 year old boy I mean because then she could have maybe maybe she would have connected with Jan as a mother
0: yeah but I I I then think that you're gonna play the you you still play it differently though I think by saying she doesn't have kids like she's gonna maybe try and explain because like I don't feel that if like she knows she's a mother like she's gonna play it differently she's you know that way, Jokas is going to be like, well, I don't understand how you can hurt a kid because, you know, like, I've got kids and, you know, you've got that motherly instinct bond. Whereas I feel if she says she doesn't have kids, then kind of Kate Jackson can basically just be like, well, you don't know what it's like being a mother, so I can basically tell you it's terrible. Like, it's terrible to be a mother. Like, because they, they go against you. Like, you wouldn't know what it's like. So I kind of feel like that's why she does it, to kind of get that motherly bond out of the way so she can't use that as kind of like a, you know, a reason. So that's that's kind of how I read it, I guess.
1: Oh, okay. Because I, I wondered when I was watching the episode, you know, why doesn't she say, yeah, I have kids, and then they could – because then, you know, she knows how hard it is, but of course she doesn't beat on her kids either. Yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying too, that by faith pretending that she doesn't have kids, it actually allows Jan, Kate Jackson's character, to be more uh, vulnerable,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, open. Yep.
1: Honest, direct
0: Yep I agree um, We then get uh, The ADA comes in And we find out That the little girl Is awake I do like Kate Jackson Which is like Don't come back in here Bitch <laughs> We're talking here <laughs> um, So And I like, I love how Yoko kind of leaves here Just like Oh you know One more minute in there I would have screamed uh, The little girl is awake They question her And they're kind of like Saying like How she got injured And all that sort of stuff Saying she fell And they're like Oh how far did you fall And she's just kind of like Where's my daddy I want my daddy um, can I have some water as well you um, we have Davis and Sully talking to Munro who kind of is I guess watching the prisoners um, the guy the person that sure is kind of like I should get a reward I found that body and then Henry Winkler is like my client isn't wrong he should get a uh a reward you know um, then uh, Sully sort of looks at Henry Winkler and is like you're the lawyer aren't you or the the kid and sort of Henry Winkler just looks and just says she fell um, and sort of Sully gives him sort of a, a look saying that he doesn't believe him um, there, Jokas, meanwhile, back with Kate Jackson, telling her that she's awake. Um, She sort of says to her that, like, oh, she was saying it was you who hit her, which, again, this is another one of those moments where it's like, I don't know if Jokas is lying or she's actually, you know, lying to get the truth out of her, which makes sense, or did this little girl actually admit that she was being hit by her mum, which also makes sense. So I my my general belief here is that Jokas is lying to get information out of her, but... Again, it's kind of never really done to a point. Like, maybe there is a scene somewhere that they've had to delete out of it. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it kind of all leads into the fact that uh, Kate Jackson essentially just like, you know, she's vindictive. You know, she's always going on wanting Lester and um, and all this sort of stuff. And then, basically, she admits that uh, she's been like that ever since Lester brought her home. Um, you know, we were so happy, but then he just shows up and brings a baby home, and it all changed and never, never the same. And then, kind of, Jokers you know, is just like, "What? She's not your daughter?" Like, plot twist. Uh, so, <laughs> yep. which again, like, okay, at the end of the day, I may have said that, like, you know, I kind of could see something was going to be wrong here, but I don't think I could have ever guessed that this was going to be storyline that she wasn't the daughter. I think it's an interesting twist. Uh, I can't really, you know, as much as again, I'm not a huge fan of this storyline. I kind of like this twist where all of a sudden it's like, wait. What? She's not your daughter, uh, so yeah. I don't know yep. how you feel about it.
1: Yeah, it does make for a good. It does make for a good plot twist there, because if anything, it makes it even worse.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it really does, and kind of you just realize like how much her normal. her
1: situation. I mean, yeah, the, like the how little much- girl's situation.
0: Yeah, and it also sort of shows like sort of what sort of monsters that like Henry Winkler and Kate Jackson basically are. So um, yeah, we've got Jelly back in the uh, precinct pouring lots of sugar again into his coffee. They're waiting for a fax to come in to see who is uh, the victim of this headless body. Good old <laughs> two thousand and four when faxes were still a thing. Um, I love I do kind of like the line with Jelly when he says to Sully like you know we've been waiting a long time for you to become a detective. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, But then sort of Davis sort of drops a line about how like, oh no, he's probably going to law school. And yeah, that goes somewhere. Um, So (laughs) piece of paper comes through the facts. Davis sees it. He has this shocked look on his face, hands it to Sully, who then also has a shocked look on his face. Um, Then we get this scene and kind of, I've written down here as a potential top five scene, just kind of in the conversation, because I think this is kind of like a, not the best episode. It's a pretty powerful scene. Um, where Swirsky, Davis, and Sully come into the locker room to see Bosco. Uh, and I do kind of like the way they're like, you know, uh, Bosco. And then sort of he's just like, what have I done now? Um, and then they basically tell him that this person who has been identified, the headless body, is Bosco's brother, Mikey. And just the way that Bosco reacts, you know, he grabs a piece of paper and he's like, no, no, this is wrong. I talked to him yesterday. I'll call him. Kind of just, he's on the phone and as uh, it's getting longer and longer before he picks up, Bosco just breaks down and just, you know, Jason Miles is amazing here, smashes his phone. um, He goes and grabs Yoshi, kind of like, where's Cruz? Where's Cruz? She's not on today. Then he goes up and grabs his lawyer and kind of just like smashes his head against the thing. You know, you had him killed. You killed him for what? Um, how did you know, and all this sort of stuff? It just—it's a great scene. I don't know, kind of like if you feel this could be a potential top five moment.
1: That was my first thought when it got to that scene this morning when I was watching the episode. I was like, as I was watching it, I was thinking, "Yep, top five moment right here."
0: Yeah, and again, like we've we've ended up in a, with a few this season, which I think kind of will go over in a couple of weeks. Kind of obviously go over them. I think we've got like two guaranteed ones probably, but um. There are other ones to go through, which is going to be a bit more of a debate, I feel, like, despite after last season, even though we kind of went for six last season instead of five. Anyway, um, yep. <laughs> so Jokas with Kate Jackson, she's explaining a little bit more about how they got the kids saying it was all legal, um, that uh, basically people who work with lesser pay him anyway they can. They got their whole uh, apartment painted before um, kind of in other services along the way as well. Um and that they that sort of Yoka's asks, like, Could you not have children? And uh Kate Jackson is basically like, Look, we had a few close calls, but I took care of them. Uh, and then she's kind of and Yokus is like, you know, what, you had abortions? And she's kind of like, you, would you want a daughter with this face? And just just the acting here with Kate Jackson where she's kind of like hitting herself in the face and kind of you're like, Wow, she's really lost it. And then Jokus yeah. I can't remember what Yoka says, but then basically Kate Jackson goes off at her, like, You bitch, you bitch Um, handcuffs her to the bed and then Jokus just leaves the room and is like, Look, I can't do this anymore. Um so yeah great great scenes there between these two. Uh we're mm-hmm. back at the police house. Henry Winkler's complaining about police brutality um to to Swersky. Um Jokas shows up at the precinct. We see Bosco kind of leaving and doesn't say anything to Yokus and um they find and Jokas finds out from Monroe that Mikey's dead. Uh she goes up to Henry Winkler and basically uh you know goes off at him and Sort of says, like, you have to deny a lot of things here, Lester. Uh, And then says uh, to Henry Winkler, basically, like, who did you get her from? Like, where did you get her? And then uh, doesn't say anything. Jokas walks off. And then, of course, Henry Winkler's like, how important is that? How much is that information worth? You know, if you drop the charges, I might negotiate. So it's kind of like, you sleazebag.
1: <laughs> Man, I'm surprised Faith didn't do a number on him right there, too. I wish she would have.
0: But, I mean, I think, like, as much as he's a bag, again, this is just great acting by Henry Winkler, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, is. this is a guy who's a Fonz. We- <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> I mean, I-, I love the way he delivers that line, too. Drop the charges. I might negotiate.
0: Yeah, I, I think he just yeah. he plays this role really well because, like, yes. we talked about this when he first came into the show. Like, I've, I've never seen him uh, in a role where he's I guess kind of like this. But um, you know, the only roles I've ever seen him is kind of like a comedy. You know, like I I think I've seen a few episodes of. Happy days, but like, you know, as a kid, I guess probably the one I I most knew him for was uh, actually the Water Boy, the Adam Sandler movie. Um because, you know, I watched that movie so much as a kid and then I've seen a lot of Adam Sandler movies where Henry Winkler's in it. Um but yeah, like just the way he plays it. It's like it's it's really, really good. Um Yes. So yeah. Uh Sully and Davis uh take Bosco to his mum's house and kind of he goes inside and then we hear uh, you know we see sort of Bosco through the window telling Rose and we hear this you know just sad no like calling out can I just point out I think has have they just changed Rose's house again because I swear a few weeks ago when they knocked on a door she was in an apartment building and now all of a sudden she's got her own like house house like I don't know I feel like it's a different place but I could be wrong <laughs> um, next day we got Yoke is calling Bosco uh, checking in um, Fred sort of is questioning and saying you haven't been home in two days and kind of you is know, because he's saying like I've, I've got to help this little girl you know I have to uh, if this was Emily you know I feel like I'd want somebody to do it Um, and then sort of Fred's like you know why do you have to and just being a jerk face Oh,
1: <laughs> go away Fred we fucking yeah. hate you
0: yeah, yeah we were just Fred you just yeah, we, we loved you up until about three episodes ago. And again, it's not Chris Bauer's fault. It's the character of Fred. Like, you just being a douche. Uh, a douche Bos- nozzle, douche yeah. Douche nozzle, thank you. Uh, Bosco, is still with his mum. Uh, his dad shows up and they get into a bit of a fight and then sort of Rose comes over and is like, you know, don't do this, don't fight now. And like, what did they do to our baby? sort of cries with uh, Bosco's dad and Bosco storms out uh we've got henry winkler trying to make a deal with the ada and yokus and essentially uh it all comes down to the fact that he will give the name of the person he got him off if he uh he's only going to be in jail i guess for six months and he was going to plead guilty to the charges but then he says like i will do this but i'm not putting in a plea i want to roll the dice so he agrees They sign the paper he turns around and says oh it's morris burke And then I love the way he's like, pleasure doing business with you. Guys to shake Yoko's hand and Yoko's is just like, go kill yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or, or let the inmates do it. Yeah. Which we'll get to. Um, Yeah. So anyway, uh, we've then got Grace once again, I've got a written here on my piece of paper, Grace being a bitch, (laughs) which, you know, she is, she's in the, uh, I guess the ambulance with Kim here, um, no, she's not uh with this is that's the next episode, isn't it This I'm jumping ahead um, she's just being yeah. a bitch in general um, Kim's saying she's still sick, she's got a headache, they're working with a patient, and then Carlos kind of like pulls her up i i I love this scene kind of like Carlos where he's just kind of like, you know don't walk away from me.' You know, we you, we weren't born the yeah. day you arrived. Like, learn to respect us or crawl back to your hole where you were. And then kind of like, Grace has kind of got this look on the face like, whoa, okay, he's standing up for himself. And then sort of walks over to Kim. is like, guy's got stones. And then Kim's got this like, <sighs> yeah. wry smile on her face.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> yes. I mean, I real, I was really cheering on Carlos in this scene because of that I love that little speech. And, uh, you know, we always have to point out what would work today? That would not work.
0: Mm, yeah, the thing I- that, I'm not
1: so sure that would fly in 2018.
0: The, th- the 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 one thing though that I will just have a little complaint about this is that they go out of their way, like it's, it's just random. Like it just feels higgledy piggledy because you've had two scenes of Grace being a bitch the only scene between Carlos and Grace that we've had is Carlos all like yeah baby like how you doing and now all of a sudden it kind of just comes around the fact that he's just going to go off and I feel like we needed like another scene or two in there of her being a bitch and Carlos kind of just like looking at her like it just it just feels really random that you've had one scene of him being like hey lady to you know don't you know respect us and then next week we're just going to go purely back to Carlos like chipping away which like I'm going to say is hilarious I love it kind of the way Carlos is doing that but this this scene kind of in the scheme of things almost doesn't make sense if you know what i mean yeah i got that
1: yeah that's like i the- get that but it's it's still it's still a fun scene to watch
0: yeah absolutely like i, I completely agree with that but yeah um we see that uh uh, uh what i'm saying here yokus and munro are on the computers um we find out that Morris Burke is dead and that he also was African American, so uh basically, you know, saying that uh that Henry Winkler has lied to them. We've got crews going <coughs> off of them because I think they're on the computers, I guess, upstairs in the anti-crime area and she's kinda like, Don't you have computers downstairs? And kind of there to saying, like, look, we need to search on these ones here. And then Bosco shows in and like, I, I actually like this scene too. Like I kinda wish this was back to back with the scene before when he found out his brother dead brother was dead. Um, he sort of goes off at Cruz and basically is like, you know, like you know, you you cut him a deal. Oh no, he goes at off, to, sorry, at Yokos and Munro, but then sees Cruz and is basically just like, you know, you know, I told you to stop and he's dead and kind of. Cruz is like, you know, we can, uh, we can, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I've, med- I've meddled my notes here. It was Yokos who says something good to come out of this to Bosco, but then Bosco sees Cruz. Sorry about that, folks. Um, you know what are you looking at? It was you, and then just. The way that Cruz plays this, the way she's kind of like, you know, I'm sorry, and then she starts crying, and then kind of like, just the way Bosco's like, you don't get to cry, you don't get to cry, um, like it's just it's great, like great <clears throat> acting from both of them. You know, Tita harder just this stone yes. look face, this kind of real apologetic, guilty look on her face, the way, and she just got this tear rolling down her cheek, like it's so good, it's like so strong. Um,
1: yeah, but come, but I mean, I kind of agree with Bosco though. I mean, come on, didn't she know that there was a chance that that would happen?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I mean, you're right. Like, Bosco's in the right here. And that's that's why I think Cruz feels so bad, because she's trying to defend herself at the same time. She's obviously feeling ultimately guilty about this, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then sort of through all this, Yoko's on the computer, has found the little girl um, on the computer, uh, and we see that she was missing, and we see, uh, yeah, she was stolen. That's kind of what she says. We have a montage here of uh, Rose and Anthony Boscarelli having a bit of a hug. Uh, we've got Winkler in jail. We've got a random woman sweeping a front lawn. And then Yocas uh, and Munro show up and show a photo and she starts crying. And obviously this is kind of the mother of the girl having it stolen. Uh, we've got Kate Jackson drinking water and cast. Bosco's goes at the crime scene. Um, and then the, the real mother of this little girl gets to see her through the window. Um and then sort of this montage ends and we see Jokus going to Henry Winkler saying, like, we found Rebecca's mother. Uh and then sort of he sort of laughs it off, like, No, you didn't. Um, and then kind of like, How did you find her? And Jokus is like, Oh, I'm never gonna tell you that. And then this is kind of the final scene we get here with Henry Winkler, which this to me is I guess like the oh, this is a conclusion scene, so we find out what actually happened to her. Um and kind of like just Henry Winkler goes off saying, like, you know, little sweet Rebecca, you know, just terrible. And then my wife, pathetic excuse for a human being, you know, thank you for taking me away from them. I was getting exhausted. So you've done me a favor. So I guess kind of it's implied that he's been doing all the abusing, but I still feel that Kate Jackson was doing some of it. Like, I don't know. Like it just, it's weirdly open-ended. Um, and then it kind of ends with, uh, I do like the way sort of Joker doesn't say anything. He kind of just says to the prisoners behind it, like, hey guys, child abuser, and then walks off. So, but yeah, like, I don't feel we ever get a yeah. full conclusion to this, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean too. And I do hope that <clears throat> I do hope I will say this. I do hope the inmates killed him.
0: Well, I mean, I, I yeah, <laughs> I guess that's fine to leave it open ended. It was kind of like what happened with, uh, Cruz's rapist earlier this season, isn't it? Um, yep. So, yeah, anyway, but uh, he's screwed no matter what. But that was Henry Winkler. Thanks, Henry Winkler. Goodbye. Thanks for being on Third Watch. Um, Monroe, and good job. Yeah, good job. Munro, with Yokus, wants to go out and celebrate. Weird day to celebrate, Munro. Like, it's been a solemn day at the cop station. Like, I know you're celebrating the fact that you found this kid, but also at the same time, like, Bosco's brother's dead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they sort of go off and then... Uh, Jok- sorry, yokus leaves and uh wants to go spend time with their own family, and then they have this discussion with Sally and Davis about how they cut the purse snatcher loose, and then they kind of question, like, "Hey, wait a minute, like, <coughs> you know, who called in the purse snatcher? Who called nine one one? Like, this makes no sense." So then we cut to the purse snatcher. He's on the phone. He puts his phone down. We see a limo pull up, and the purse snatcher gets into a limo. He's surrounded by a couple of goons. And who is on the other side of the seat? It's none other than Kisses Gene Simmons,
1: <laughs> in the role of Donald Mann.
0: Now he uh, basically says, "You know, did you see the cops' reaction? Uh, I'll get you to do your impersonation in a sec. Let me just get through this quickly." Uh, okay. uh, he goes, "You okay. know, did you, did you, did you see the reaction?" And this actually guy just basically like, "You know, I saw him crying. Like, you know, I saw him assault the officer. Like, it was, you know." <coughs> Great, and kind of, you know, Gene Simmons is basically like, you know, he's gonna cry a lot more, you know, when uh, he before he gets killed. Uh, and I just quickly, I will just add on in, so we can just close up the episode. This episode closes with Yoke is going home. Uh, there's a note left on the table, and basically all the closets are empty, and uh, Fred and the kids have gotten up and left. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Gene Simmons, give me some, give me a couple of impersonations <laughs> here because I want to have a few things to say here quickly.
1: Okay. Well, I was actually gonna—I was actually gonna quote his his main line from that little scene.
0: <laughs> well, go for it. Good,
1: good. He's going to cry a lot more before he dies.
0: You do you do that very well, um, which I think probably. Look, I've said a lot about G. Simmons. I hit and miss on him. Like he does what he can. G. Simmons isn't an actor; he's a singer, and singers acting. It works, sometimes it doesn't. We've seen it with DMX, it kind of worked. Eve, eh, it was so-so. We'll see it with Wycliffe Jean next season. Does it work? Eh, he has his moments. But, like, there's just something about this that they've just written him as such a cartoon character. And, like, the fact that we've literally got, like, such a cliche moment where he's like, you know, he'll be crying before he dies and, like... It just leads us into next week, which to me next week is just a cartoon episode of Third Watch. You may as well make it animated. Um, And, like, again, cartoon stuff doesn't have to be bad. I'm not shitting on cartoons and cartoony campiness in live-action stuff because there's an element to it that works. But going back to what I was saying, like, last week about how all of a sudden this show became Criminal Minds, all of a sudden you're going to turn it, like, super, like, over-the-top campiness with the cartooniness because of Gene Simmons? Like, yeah, like... I'm going to save my complainingness for all this sort of stuff next week because there will be a lot of it. But,
1: like... Oh, I thought you were going to save that for the Season 6 opener.
0: Look, I haven't rewatched that one yet. And it's been, you know, that's, again, Season 6 is kind of my emptiness season when it kind of, like, I remember it when I get to it. And I sort of, yeah, anyway... But um, I don't know. Like, it's just. I appreciate the fact that they've got someone of Gene Simmons' caliber on this show. But at the same time, do I? Because, like, at the end of the day, it's not like they've gone and gotten Will Smith or George Clooney. Like, they've gotten a huge A-list name, but he's a singer. Like, you know, you don't all of a sudden watch. ER and they've gone and gotten Mick Jagger like I mean although Mick Jagger I think has been in movies Mick Jagger's done acting as well but yeah I don't know <laughs> it just seems weird that like is, I would love to find out the casting with Gene Simmons was this a case of hey we need to really cast a big villain let's get a big name hey let's get Gene Simmons or was it a case of Gene Simmons wanted to act Ghost NBC put me in a TV show and then they like go like hey Gene Simmons wants to be in third watch this will be good for our ratings if you know what I mean so I don't know
1: yeah, although, you know, that has me wondering, <clears throat> that has me wondering, um, <laughs> I have to ask this every time you bring up actors, um, who else do you think could have played Donald Mann and maybe not made it so over the top, as you put it?
0: Anyone? <laughs> um, like, I don't know, like, it's, I mean, it's a good question, but, like, I feel like there's too much of a coincidence that they, they cast a lot of singers on this show that it maybe is just something they go out of their way to do. Because, I mean, if it was purely gotcha. Gene Simmons, then you would question it more. But kind of just thinking about it more, the fact that you have E D M X, DMX, uh, the other guy who was in that other band that I keep forgetting, um, and uh show uh, John next season. Like, there's five singers, at least, that you've cast in this show as actors. So, you know, there's 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 a, there's a trend there. So I feel like there's just something going on with that. So... Look, you could have anyone in this role. You don't even have to have a big name. Like, I mean, ultimately, you want a big villain to have a big name. But, you know, I'll probably talk about this more next week. I think kind of they're going for another Chevchenko-style thing where they've got a pretty big name coming into play, sort of a main bad guy. Chevchenko worked so well. And the thing with Chevchenko that worked so well, too, is that it was such a build-up. Like, you brought this over two seasons, whereas, like, Donald Mann and Gene Simmons is in it for, what, like, two and a tenth of an episode. So, yeah. Like... You know what I mean? Like there's just not a build up yeah. to this. We've only learnt this guy's name a week ago and all of a sudden, oh fuck, it's Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, it would've been nice it would've been nice if there had been more of a build up there.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: even with even with just how quickly the Donald Man storyline gets wrapped up.
0: Exactly. You know, that
1: was that was too that was too quick. It should have been drawn out more.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree. Uh, what are we doing in this episode, Darvell? Buying, renting, bidding.
1: Well, it's going to be a very, 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 very low buy for me. Wow! Okay. Because yeah, because yeah, sure. It, I mean, between Bosco's reaction to finding out that it's his that it's his brother that's been killed. Um, Henry Winkler in the j- Henry Winkler in the jail cell and Kate Jackson, and just how she really, just how her character really, really, really shines through in this episode. That's that's a that's enough to that's enough to carry it for me. Although, like I said, it's a low buy.
0: I think for me, the Bosco scene and kind of the Bosco stuff saves it to me from being a bin. Um, so I've got it as a very low rent. Uh, I've got this currently ranked at 102 out of 110. So yeah, uh, only Purgatory is below this in the renter category. So that's, that's my feeling on this episode. So it's very nearly a bin for me. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's good to have differing opinions. I like it. Uh, next week, we're dif- differing opinions. Uh, Monsters is next week. Uh, our last, I guess season finale before we get to the series finale next season, but um, don't say that. Tu- tune in, everybody, next week as third watch goes cartoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> not a fan of this episode, folks. Uh, it's the worst season finale that we get, in my opinion, and there's issues with it. That's all I'll say. You have any thoughts? <laughs> we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Yep, indeed we will. In the meantime, likes on Facebook, follow us on uh, Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels. And as always, we appreciate your support uh, along the way because we need it. That's how we roll on this show. My name is Ben, and don't you walk away from me.
1: (laughs) My name is Darvell, and guys got
0: stones. See you next week, peeps.